Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Man, another, another beautiful day. Uh, as I said yesterday, if you you know it's it's uh, it's great weather to be outside, whether you have to be or just just can be. I mean, uh, just just beautiful weather. Feel, you know, get hinting and teasing at spring, and then uh, you know you know we've got another cold spell. There's got to be another one uh, sometime between now and Easter, usually around Easter. But I uh, hope everybody doing well on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We have a. A uh, fairly full studio to get things started, and we will we'll add uh, not in necessarily in the studio, but we've got a a full show scheduled for you this afternoon here on the Wednesday edition of the Drive. It is uh, Bill and Don. Coach Don Dunn is back in the studio as Dan uh, on the road with the Troy women. They play tonight, I believe, against uh, Arkansas State, and would be back. He'll be back tomorrow, but. But Don, back in the studio with us. Coach, how you doing today? Doing great. Thanks again, Bill, for having me. Oh, absolutely. And it's Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, with us here in the studio this afternoon is uh, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 24-7 Network. JC, how are you, man? I'm good. Uh, just, uh, you know, been been moving uh, on the road for a couple of weeks. And so uh, looking forward to being back in here and then back on the You're road. You're about to head back, back on the on road. road a little bit tomorrow. <laughs> Yesterday, yesterday was on the road. Uh, we were in Hansville to watch uh, high school basketball, a combination of basketball prospects and football prospects mm-hmm. and, and basketball. And um, I love watching football guys play basketball. It gives me a little yeah, bit different, no I- get a yeah. different idea of that. So we got to see a couple of those guys. One basketball guy who could be a football guy. So we can talk a little bit. About oh yeah, that yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that as well. And then you'll be on the road tomorrow as uh, you're going to head down to Jacksonville. Uh, the Auburn baseball team going down for that. Uh, it's it's sort of a tournament. It's not really a tournament. It's no, sort of it's, a round it's, robin. It's just a round robin. Yeah, they're, it, now they've they, there's a couple of them in Texas. Um, there's some now in Arizona. It's become the thing to do. Oh, in it's baseball. great. It, I mean, when you get four teams and everybody gets to play the other three, and you get the and you get the you know the Wichita State and Iowa a chance to come and play in weather and and get to kind of a start. And right. for them, especially a team like Wichita State. You know when you know in the nineteen in nineteen eighty seven when Darren Dreifert was pitching at Wichita State, it was a much different game than it is now. Now they don't get the strength of schedule that they had. It comes from mm-hmm. midweeks for them playing in in the OVC and, and some of. The, so this is these are big games for them for for a weekend to play. So uh, good test games for Auburn when you talk about facing. I would say probably top five pitcher uh, expected in the draft from Iowa that they'll get to see on Friday night who throws low one hundreds. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for, for Auburn when you, you start talking about facing them, Wichita State and, and Virginia this weekend. Yeah, that is uh, that that's great to have that opportunity. I mean, it's a it's a challenge. Thus far, um, things have gone pretty well for for Auburn baseball. They went again last night. 
Uh, seven two, I guess, was the final last night. Uh, it was it was not the prettiest game. Auburn didn't get a lot of hits. They had a ton of base runners. Yeah. Um, no, it, you know what I, you know, it's always kind of been that way in midweek games. But I think you look at football is is slowly getting there. Basketball and is hurtling that way. Baseball's kind of always been there, where you look up and you go, man, you can lose to anybody on a given night. Mm-hmm. Football is still not there yet. But you look at basketball, but I mean, you look already at baseball in this league. I mean, Vandy's two and two. They've this was a projected top ten national team, as talented as anybody in the country. They lost um, to Florida Atlantic once at home last weekend and had to have a thirteen twelve walk off to win the other one. And they lost last night to Dayton. Mississippi State's two and two. Lost to Austin P at home last night. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss has lost games. Florida lost the only game they played last right. weekend. Um, so you look and you go. Just, just find a way to win. And, and Auburn didn't hit the ball particularly well, but pitched pretty good, played yes, good defense. Did. And you go, you know what? Just get a victory, move on to the next one. And, and that's kind of what they did. Well, one of the things we talked about, and we'll stick with baseball here for just a little bit, I mean, uh, was the depth of the pitching staff. And, um, boy, you saw it last night where I think only an inning and a third were thrown by guys who were back from last year. Yeah, it's um, a, a lot of newcomers. And you can see the arm talent. I, I, you know, I think – uh, Griffin Graves is a guy that I've, I've watched now a couple of times. I saw him pitching in the inner squad, and I'm like, you know, it kind of it gave me Billy Wagner vibes a little bit. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, not, he's not the biggest He's, he's guy, not the biggest lefty, but he, he gets it up but there. But he's 92, 93, and, and so it, it has some juice. And, and coming from a, a small lefty, I'm, you know, hitters are going to take a little bit to get used to that. Uh, he looked good, and Dylan Watts at the end of the game was, was 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Tilly is – is a different guy. I, I fully expect that guy to be a weekend starter next year, and who knows? Heck, he may be that guy before the end of the year this year. Um, he just has talent and, and ability to pitch, and so lots of different guys. Conor McBride got the start. I think Tanner Bauman and, and Hayden Murphy were the only guys that threw any mm-hmm. that, that, are, that are back from last year, so um, depth is there, and that's going to be important. Um, these midweek games are, are – Heck, last year it got Auburn uh, a regional host by winning and doing those things in, in the midweek. If you can win these games and, and put yourself in a good enough position in, in conference play in the SEC, you're going to put yourself in a position to host just about every year. And uh, the another thing that is just jumps out at you is the speed of this team. This is a – I mean, they've run wild on the bases here early on, and uh, I, I – I, I don't see them slowing down terribly. I mean, they're not going to steal four bases, you know, an, a, an average of, you know, yeah, four, three or five, four bases a game for the whole season. But they're going to be a threat to run, a lot, you know, most of the time. I, and I think, I think the thing is, is that I don't, you, don't have, you don't have Vince Coleman out there, but you've got a bunch of guys who are really smart. Like Cooper Weiss is a really good base runner. Mm-hmm. He, he's not a guy that's a blazer, but, man, he gets great jumps. I think about some of those guys. Javon Hernandez does some of those things, and so you brought, you brought some guys in that can do some of those things. And you got some young guys that can really run though and, and do that. Uh, Derek Fabian's a guy that'll be able to steal some bases. Bobby Pierce can. So Chris, it's yeah, you know, obviously Chris Stanfield. And I think as he continues to develop as a base runner, he's going to mm-hmm. get even better. And so um, I think watching a guy like Cooper Weiss can be really beneficial to him because Cooper's a guy that does it on on kind of wild and, and does it the way. So yeah, they they've added that to the game. I mean, had a, what what five triples in three games yeah. to start the weekend. So, this is a different type of team. They're still going to hit some home runs, and and Ike Irish hit another one last night. Um, but I think it's going to be a one just like pitching one to nine, one to ten, one to eleven guys in the batting order 
that you're kind of rotating in and out, and the eight nine guys can can do some damage. Well, I mean, it's it's good to see now. Now you want to do better than Auburn did with runners in scoring position last yeah, night. I o- think they were over ten for everything. Yeah, they were over. Two outs, uh, 0 for scoring yeah. position, 0 for everything. When but they have, were able to manufacture some runs without hits. Well, when you, you know? when you when you can win a game, when you have those kind of things happen, that's when you know, okay, then you've got some guys that say, well, okay, we're not getting hits. Okay, let's be patient, take some walks, not swing at bad pitches, and, and I thought they did a good job of that. Jason Caldwell with us here. Uh, how long are you with us today, Jason? I'm good, to, to five. Okay, good deal. We will uh, check in. Andy Burcham uh, has been our guest on Tuesdays through football and early part of basketball with baseball coming up, and we're, we've been talking baseball. Tuesdays is, gonna, Tuesdays is going to be, uh, as a matter of fact, probably as regular as any day other than Friday or Saturday for baseball because conference weekends – are going to go either Friday through Sunday or Thursday through Saturday. Uh, and so your midweek games are always going to be on Tuesdays. Yeah, you're going to have some Wednesdays, but right. a lot of Tuesdays, yes. Yeah, it's going to be mostly Tuesdays. So, uh, we, we, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, get a regular landing spot for Andy. But he's got the afternoon off. We're going to check in with him in just a few minutes. And we'll uh, we'll – we will uh, be talking with him. We'd love to hear from you as we move on through the show. You can join us on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. Uh, Jason, Auburn's got the, the, the week off. This is the midweek off in basketball. And coming on... Uh, the the heels of the injury to Jalen Williams, I I I think it's it's you know a, a very needed midweek off. Yeah, the, there's there's certain times when you don't want to take a break. Um, this is about as good a time as it could possibly come for Auburn. I think you look at it. I, I think I'm right, and we, we we myself and Nathan King talked about it the other day. I think the two teams that were the last teams to get a bye were Auburn and South Carolina. Yep, they were. Right. And you look at the two teams that were probably as dead legged as anybody the other night. I think it played a factor. I, I really do. Um, that's a lot of basketball, and this league now is just such a grind. I thought it had an impact, and so Jalen, um, I, I think is, you know, they're feeling okay. This maybe a couple of weeks. I would guess you shoot to get back on Senior Day. And then have be able to then get ready for tournament for play tournament, and some yeah. of those things. I, I can't imagine it. Right now, you go like, "Hey, you'd love to go out and win the league and do those things." The most important thing right now is get yourself ready for postseason play. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've given yourself a chance. Go out. And, you know, hey, you want to win these games, and you can do that. You know, but I don't think. Hey, let's get that guy healthy, and let's let's make sure we get ready to make a run in the postseason. And, and it feels like that's kind of where things are headed. Yeah, I mean. Uh, if they can get him back and just get uh, you know, getting get him uh, the feel of being in the game for a little bit, and then have him then as have close some, to one hundred percent for the conference correct. tournament, then I you, think then that's you have great. Some, then you have some practice days to right. build on do those things. I'm really interested to see what happens in the meantime. It, yeah, me too. I, I really would like to see Jani Broom play the four and Dylan Carwood play the five and see what that look like together. You know, I wonder, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to Andy about this as well too. Georgia is a team that runs more guards, so yeah. I wonder if you do that then, or if you might. You know, you got a couple of different I options. Think you, you could also Chad Baker Mazar yeah, play the four at the four against and, and, against and a team like di- that. Yeah, I think you have different ways to do it. I wouldn't be surprised to see some. Di- and you know, they got a Darren Scott who was a junior college guy that comes in that gives you that body that's that we, true. That's been more with the walk-on guys now you slide in and 
I mean, he's athletic and he can run. You slide in the, even if he gave you five minutes, then it might be valuable. So I, you know, that's a guy that you can see some. I think uh, get a little bit of run too. Yeah. So I mean, interesting. Uh, some of the combinations that we could see um, for for basketball. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some football. We we now know the. Um, well, we, we knew when the start of practice was. We know some of our availabilities. Hugh Freeze meeting with the media Tuesday. Got uh, media viewing window Tuesday afternoon for the start of spring football practice. And, I mean, there will be a lot, a lot of folks keeping an eye on, on quite a few spots. I mean, um, want, want to watch the youngsters and see how quickly they adapt. Everybody's obviously going to be watching quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, this – you look at early on, especially early on. You look at quarterback, receiver, and then just how's it got move, and and that's because it, it really this first, the first couple of practices, and even the first couple after you take a spring break, it's not it's it's gonna be hard to really see anything other than just physical ability. Right. Then you'll start to get a little bit, but you know the first four or five days for them are gonna be, hey, let's get a base a base few plays in on offense and defense because it's it's going to be a difference. Well, I mean, you've got you've got new coordinators. You've I mean, Correct. we talk about all the new players that are in. You got new coordinators well, even, as well. Even though Hugh Freeze is back, this is going to be back to Hugh Freeze offense. Right. It is not Philip Montgomery. It's not a combination of he basically right. said, "Hey, I'll adapt to your offense." Uh-huh. Now he's going back to my terminology. This is what I know. Here's what you know, Derek Nix knows. Here's what Ken Austin knows. Here's what Ben Agamayo knows. Here's what Jake Thorne. All those guys had to adapt to Philip Montgomery's terminology last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're going back to one that they're familiar with. The players are going to have to make the adaption now. But I think that's going to be something that it'll work. It'll work good because now you got more voices on the field that know exactly what's coming. So that's uh, that's on offense. That's no, on defense. Offense. De- defense. It'll, I think it's going to be similar to. Here's what Hugh Freeze told us when we were in Mobile. He said, "Look." This is the the simplicity. He said, look, he does it as simple in, in terms of terminology as anybody he can remember, DJ Durkin. That could really play a factor in this and go like, hey, we're not we're, – it's not you know, rocket science. Let's go out and figure out a way to get our best guys on the field. So I think that it's actually going to be a simpler system for them defensively in terms of terminology, some of that stuff. But it's still new, and so you mm-hmm. still have to get some, some, some familiarity with it. Yeah, and and I know we've talked about this a little bit, Don, but I mean, you've heard through the years, you hear some players at places uh, talking about how difficult it is to learn that system. And I mean, it may be one where, you know, you hear in some cases, well, it may take a year or two before players are really comfortable with that. That's great if you have, you know, if, if you either have the talent or the time to uh, to let's let's take our time installing something, but then on the other hand, boy, you'd love to be as competitive as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, uh, I agree with Jason. Simple is better, and I think Coach Freeze is going to keep a, a strong arm on keeping it the way the kids can, first of all, learn it and then go out and do it. That's It's one thing to say I know what to do, but then another thing to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. So I think simple is the best way. I've always been a – you know, you could, you know, there's a thousand ways to paint a house, but, you know, just keep it base and then go out and produce and fly around. And when you know what you're doing and you're comfortable, you play harder and faster. Oh, yeah. All right. We will get to our first break. We're going to check in with the voice of the Tigers, Andy Burcham. When we come back, stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. 
outdoors there. ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. 20 minutes after 4 o'clock, it's Bill, Coach Don Dunn, and Jason Caldwell here in the studio with Drew at the controls. There was room for him here in the studio, but he's taking the afternoon off. Usually, he's been with us on Tuesdays. We're still trying to find out the, the best time to have him with us on a regular basis, and we're speaking of the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Andy, how are you doing today? A belated happy birthday. Thank you so much, Bill. I certainly appreciate that, Don, JC. Good to have you guys on the show as well today. Thank it's a you. beautiful Thank day. You. Gorgeous. Gorgeous afternoon. We should be playing baseball today. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's it's been it's been as ni- about as nice as we could expect for the first few games and uh, another nice win last night with a lot of um new arms being showcased. Yeah, I think we we're starting to see through these first four games the uh, the depth that that Auburn has as far as his pitching staff is concerned and uh, we saw more of that last night it was not it was not a big offensive night for the Tigers Auburn Auburn won it uh, scoring seven runs on just three hits but uh, I, I, I like these young arms that Auburn has I like the depth that it has there really been good four good starting performances mm-hmm. I think for the Tigers so far and then we saw some we saw some depth with the guys last night coming out of the coming out of the bullpen as well Andy, I, I think the thing we we both talked to, to Butch a lot. You talked to him a lot. Something he's he said early on that has resonated these first four games for me is like, hey, don't know how it's going to work out, but we really like this group of guys. We really like this team and the way they worked. And last night was one of those games that showed that for me. I mean, like, you know, they hadn't gotten bunts down, and they got one down last night, and and they. Were, Hey, you need a ground ball here. Get a ground ball, even though it's not a base hit. It seems like you got a bunch of guys. It it, it really reminds me a lot of basketball in some ways. And you go like unselfish. Nobody cares who gets the glory. Just go out and, and get the job done and and grind. And for me, it almost feels like a perfect Butch Thompson team as long as that top level pitching staff stays where it is. I, I think Auburn's word yesterday for it as a team was selfless, and that was one of the ways that 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 Butch also described Scott Sullivan, who was honored in the Hall of Fame Club prior to the game yesterday because uh, he'll be inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame later on this year. He was just talking about Scott's character, and he's absolutely correct. And uh, Then we saw what that team can do. It was not a big offensive you know, juggernaut last night, but Auburn moved runners along. Auburn was able to get runners home on ground balls. Auburn continued to run. Uh, we saw that. In, uh, in great measure on Sunday, and we saw it. We saw it again last night, and I thought Auburn's defense, uh, for the most part, was was solid as well. And then the pitching was just just really good. I mean, it, it you know, listen, it wasn't one of those games where you, you walk away going, "Wow, that offense just just overwhelmed UAB." That wasn't the case, and I thought UAB pitched it pretty well last night. Uh, in addition, but I, I just I like the way the team went about its business last night if that continues i like i like this ball club a lot uh and it, listen the, the the competition will certainly pick up jc when when auburn heads down to to jacksonville this week with iowa and they're going to see a huge arm on friday 
Wichita State, which has, you know, been one of the traditional powers in college baseball, and then a really, really good Virginia team on Sunday. Yeah, no, it's going to be a, a challenge, but it'll be one that gets them um, an opportunity. Sure. I mean, it's an opportunity weekend to go out and go, oh, let's, let's, let's go kind of test yourself and you know, see what you got, um, see what you're made of, and then and then you get you know, Brody Becht um, coming out. I mean, this is 6'4", 235, you know, right-handed pitcher. When you, you start talking about all these honors and guys, this is a guy that most people feel like is is a, a top, maybe a top ten pick, depending on what he what he does this season. But um, you know, has some some issues in terms of uh, you know control at times. But there's no issue in terms of of the stuff that he brings to the table. And so that's right out of the gate for a team that team had three hits last night. When you start thinking about all of a sudden going up against Brody Beck to um, you know, is is I think struck out eleven and four and a third. He did walk six. Mm. Um, but this is a guy that's gonna. I mean, he gave up an 071 batting average the first time out. This guy that has uh has done it, you know, has hit through his career. So it's gonna be one where this team will get. You're right, a challenge. You know, similar to basketball when you play play Baylor out of the gate and play some of those teams. This will be one of those okay measuring stick weekends for baseball to see okay where are we at, what do we need to do. And I, I still think we're going to see some shuffling, um, maybe infield spots, some of the just to kind of see. Okay, what's the right fit for this for this team moving forward? Yeah, I think the the one spot that we're not going to see the shuffling is the starting pitching. No, uh, for the for this weekend, uh, I, I think it's going to be the same three that we saw last weekend, and and they were good last weekend. Carson Myers on Sunday named the SEC Pitcher of the Week, and Joseph Gonzalez was very encouraging in his Saturday start, and. Chase also came within one out of, of picking up the decision on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. Yeah, I think that Auburn's got a little bit of depth. And, and, and I'm not only shuffling as far as where the, where the guys play, but, but perhaps in, the, in, the, you know, in the, the starting nine offensively as well. Still looking for that leadoff guy. I think Javon Hernandez will come around uh, for this Auburn ball club. I mean, he was on base last night and, and had, a, I thought, a good day at the plate, even though he didn't pick up that uh, a base hit for the Tigers last night, but he continues to play well at second base. Um, I, I like this outfield with Mainers in oh, left yeah. and, and Stanfield in center, and then, of course, the, the, the steady and Bobby Pierce in right. And, and Ike Irish behind the plate, I think, has been good for the Tigers early on. He started all four games. I think he'll – I'm sure he'll start on Friday night. Whether he plays all three games behind the plate, certainly going to be – in the lineup in, in, in an offensive role. That home run he hit last night was a – it was a Jason Caldwell two-iron last night. It was, yeah, that from, was a, tw- from 20 that years was a from twenty years ago, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we, we thought we thought he'd show a little more power this year, and, right. and, and it's evident early on. Well, he has a couple home runs, and, you know, he's, he's still a guy that can, can find a gap with the doubles. And, and, um, and, and he – you know, listen, uh, a year ago – not everyone knew about Ike Irish yet. I mean, he had a great reputation coming out of high school, but but he was a freshman a year ago. This year, as a draft-eligible sophomore, everybody knows about Ike Irish, and everyone knows, uh, you know, how they're going to try and pitch to Ike Irish. So um, he, he it, it's a different challenge for Ike this season, I think, at the plate with this Auburn ball club. Andy, it is uh, the Auburn one of the last teams to get – an open or get a break here in the basketball schedule as uh, Auburn with the midweek off and uh, talking with Jason about this a little while ago, 
with the injury to Jalen Williams, uh, it couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, as, as it turns out, I mean, you're, you're right. It couldn't have come at a better time for the and, – and hey, even had the injury to Jalen not occurred. Oh, no, they needed it. This, this team needed a little time. And as Bruce told us on the postgame show on Wings 94-3 Saturday night, you know, this team probably needs to be away from him and, and vice versa. <laughs> and they've gotten a couple days off, and I think BP's been out recruiting uh, up at the, the state tournament uh, recently. So, yeah, it, it, it's a time to, to, to kind of reset with five really tough games coming up that will be even tougher um, as long as Auburn doesn't have Jalen Williams. And I've, I've not heard anything uh, from basketball, certainly from an official standpoint, as, how, as to how long Jalen will be out. I don't think it's going to be as long as we feared on, on Saturday night. The injury looked good. You know, listen, we, we've all been around this before. Don, certainly you, and with, with all those years that you spent on the sideline of football and, and Bill and Jason and myself just watching basketball, and I've seen, I've seen worse knee injuries that occurred and looked a lot, lot easier than, than what we saw Saturday night. I've got to tell you, when he went down and stayed down, I, my, my fear was maybe they've lost Jalen yeah. for the rest of the season. And so that was a bit of, that was a, a bit of refreshing news when, when the, the release came out that, that it was not going to require surgery, that he's going to be out for a while, but we'll be back with this team. And listen, we all know how important Jalen is to this squad, how important he is uh, as one of the veterans, how important he is to Auburn's inside play and a guy that can bring it out to the perimeter, outstanding athlete, and one of the, the leaders on this ball club. So, But Auburn will, will be without Jalen for a while. How many games? I don't know. But the first two games that Auburn plays after this off night, the, the, the midweek off, is, is two straight games on the road mm-hmm. when you go to Georgia on Saturday. And that has been a traditional tough place to play for Auburn, even with outstanding teams going in. And then you go to Tennessee, which was the preseason pick, to win the SEC and still has a shot at it. They're going to have to get some help, uh, but still have another shot, another shot against uh, uh, Alabama. Uh, coming up. So, two very tough road games coming up in Auburn's first two games coming off of the off night. Yeah, and it'll, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how they uh, adjust. I know that um, Bruce was saying, he, I heard him say after the game, you know, the other night, that it's um, it, it's Cheney and Chris who, who are going to get the opportunity there is what, what he said right there at the time. But, but now, uh, as they're able to go through practice, having had Sunday and yesterday, I believe, off. Um, media, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk to him yeah. tomorrow afternoon. You'll have him tomorrow night on on Tiger Talk and maybe get an idea as to uh, some of the uh, other things, although it might be better for him not to broadcast exactly what some of the <laughs> options may be before they take on Georgia. Well, and he's, you know, he said this in the last couple of weeks, that this team really hasn't had to deal with adversity yet. I mean, it's had some losses. It's had some games where it didn't play well, but it – it hasn't dealt with true adversity. Well, it, it is now. When you, you lose your second-leading score, and for how long, we don't know at this point. But this is the first bit of adversity that Auburn faces at this point. And so how, does, how do you deal with it? And the depth that we've talked about all season long with this squad is now going to be tested. Thank goodness they have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine where this team would be without the depth that it has in losing Jalen Williams for a game or perhaps it, two. It would be Anthony McLemore. 
what yeah, happened exactly. what happened to that team you know it, you're just like well, hey, yeah, it, I mean, it, it kind of falls when, apart yeah when they lost him at South Carolina I mean it took until the last game of the regular season for Auburn to tie for an SEC regular season championship and to that point that team had been flying I mean yeah, it was yes. it was going to run roughshod through the SEC and then they lose McLemore to that gruesome injury in Columbia and, and it took till the last game of the regular season to tie Tennessee uh, for an SEC championship. And uh, so now you deal with this injury, and you you deal with losing just a a, a special guy. I mean, your all-time winningest player and a guy who is playing his best basketball of his career this season. So how do you react to it? How do you react to that mentally? How do you react to that from an emotional standpoint? And certainly, how do you react to that? How do you deal with that now? that you will not have Jalen out there on Saturday. Yep, we will we'll start finding out Saturday. So you've got basketball. Brad's got baseball, right, down in Jacksonville? Yeah, Brad's got baseball. J.C., are you, you're going to be with him, right? Yep, I'm going to help out a little bit here or there. So you might hear me Jason, a little bit on the radios too. Jason's so. hopefully going to jump on with Brad from Jacksonville, Florida, um, for, for that, that three-game set. I, I hate to miss oh, yeah. any game. I hate to miss those three games. I really do. I, I think those are going to be three terrific games for Auburn. You've got three really good opponents. It'll be good tests for the Tigers. I've not checked the weather yet. JC, have you looked at the yeah, weather? Yeah, uh, I bet he has. Late, uh, low 70s uh, and upper 60s. Um, That's fine. fine. So the, which should be pretty good. So it's not going <laughs> to be 85. We're not going deep into Florida, but it'll still be right. enough that it'll be, I think it's supposed to be a pretty good weekend. A small chance of rain on Friday, but not too bad. So. That's good. Yeah. Well, good. Good. I'm, I'm glad the weather will cooperate. Hopefully a, a, a good bit warmer for, for the Tigers. And then Auburn's back at home uh, against Sanford next Tuesday. They've already announced that that game now will be a 6 o'clock start um, on, on Tuesday night uh, as the Tigers play host to Sanford. Uh, and uh, Brad and Paul will have that game. I'll be, I'll be on the way to Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I no you'll I'll be, be on, on my way, way here to Knoxville. To Knoxville, yeah, yeah. Knoxville. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of the going there a week ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll, yeah, exactly. well, eventually you'll be on the road to Columbia. So. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, Andy, before before we let you go, um, yeah. lo- love to get your thoughts. I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to to talk with Eli. Saw the saw the news today that Eli will will not be back mm-hmm. uh, as as Alabama's football play by play announcer. Thirty five years yeah. of doing that. A a class class act is is Eli Gold. I've known him for a for a long long time, um, but just uh, just love to get you know some thoughts from you. Well, um, I've I've he and I've become friends since since Rod's passing. Uh, much more so uh, before we were we were colleagues. We had you mm-hmm. know worked the same games together. But uh, uh, Eli was was there that night in Birmingham when Rod passed away. He was right. at the hospital along with Chris Stewart. And um, he and I have talked quite a bit since then. I've kind of picked his brain about the job and, and how he goes about doing it. Um, he's, a, he's a fine broadcaster. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster and has been, goodness, I mean, think, think of the games that, that he has called uh, in this stretch yeah. as, as Alabama's play-by-play guy in the national championships. All the na- yeah, that's all of Nick yeah. Saban's national championships. Exactly, exactly. And and for the long for a long, long time. I mean, listen, the the first time I heard Eli Gold was on a was on a, a NASCAR 
Absolutely, he was, was he was he was the voice of NASCAR. That's how, that's how for I a while. Remember, that's how I knew him yeah. until he went to Alabama. Yes, and, and before that, I mean, he was a hockey announcer there in Birmingham. He's done it all. He had calling all uh, sports was his uh, was his calling show there in right. Birmingham. Uh, the the best news about all of this is it appears that that Eli has recovered from his bout. With right, and and hopefully he is he is healthy. Again, uh, I've, I've got to think that it's tough for him to be stepping away. No question at this point, because uh, I mean, he, you know, he, the last game he called was 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 third and thirty-one, <laughs> so or fourth and thirty-one actually. Mm-hmm. So that turns out to be the last game. So it, um, hopefully that that's a as tough as that is for me to say. I hope that's a good memory. <laughs> well, uh, for him, for sure, Ab- yeah, absolutely. absolutely, and and yeah, we absolutely. Wish Eli the best, and uh, yeah. look forward to hearing him again where, wherever you know where, wherever he is behind a mic. Absolutely, uh, I, I wish I wish Eli nothing but the best moving forward. Andy, uh, give us the uh, the schedule of uh, yeah. what what we're able to to hear. There are quite a few things going on here over the next week. Well, there are. Uh, it starts with Tiger Talk tomorrow night. We'll be out at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Our guests include, and in this order, Auburn gymnastics coach Jeff Grava, the Tigers even this early in the season, are getting ready for their home finale mm-hmm. on Friday against Missouri. Uh, Bruce Pearl will join us, as you mentioned, Bill, on Tiger Talk tomorrow night. We'll also talk with Auburn women's golf coach Melissa Llewellyn. Uh, the Tigers just getting back from the Moon Golf Invitational, where they finished second. Uh, and now they get ready for, for two events coming up uh, next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. And so we'll, we'll talk with uh, with Melissa, of course, that that Auburn team that, that features the, the reigning U.S. amateur women's champ and, and Megan Schofield and another outstanding freshman on that squad as well. So look forward to that tomorrow night. I'll, I'll handle it tomorrow night. Brad will be on the road with, uh, with, uh, with baseball and, and Jason heading down to Jacksonville. Friday, Auburn baseball with, uh, with, uh, with Brad and, and J.C. from Jacksonville. Then uh, Saturday, of course, Auburn basketball. The Tigers at Georgia in a 5 o'clock start from Stegman Coliseum. Randall Dickey and uh, and Paul Ellen will join me on the call on uh, Friday evening starting at 4.30. And then don't forget Auburn softball this weekend as the Tigers are back in town mm-hmm. after uh, after their, their trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, back in town to host another tournament. And uh, and our buddy Jason or, or Jacob Hillman will be on the call most of the weekend out there at, uh, at Jane B. Moore Field. The, the, uh, the softball games this year on WEGL 91.1 FM. So, and then women's basketball. So, goodness, I mean, yeah, think about all the things it's going, that are going on. on in and around Auburn Athletics right now. And then the, the SEC Swimming and Diving Championships are happening as we speak over the Martin Aquatic Center. And then later on, um, the Auburn, uh, Auburn track and field teams open a competition at the SEC indoors on Friday out in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And spring football practice starts Tuesday. Oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if. As if uh, there, there wasn't enough going on. Yeah, it is great. Andy, I really appreciate you uh, spending a little time here on the on, an, on a rare afternoon off with us here on The Drive. My pleasure, guys. Hope you all have a great day. All right, take care. Voice of the Tigers, Andy Burcham, joining us uh, here on this Wednesday Drive. I know we're behind, but wanted to not, not break that interview up. We'll get to our uh, uh, next break. Love for you to join in, 334-321-1390, as we continue with the Wednesday Drive. NAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Bill, Don, Jason, 
and Drew here in the studio here on this uh, gorgeous Wednesday afternoon. Um, Jason, wanted to get your thoughts. We talked a little bit yesterday about the the uh, the newly approved college football playoff format, which is going to be five automatic qualifiers, seven at large. Uh, I mean, I think it, it makes perfect sense with what has happened to the Pac-12. It makes a lot of sense. But have you seen this? This that the what's now out on Twitter right now? I have not seen anything in the last little bit. I was going to get to something. It may be what I was going to get to. Fourteen team. No, they said that the idea of a fourteen team college 14, football playoff. No, 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 no. Was discussed by the college football management committee at meetings in the Dallas area today. If that happened, it would begin in twenty twenty six. What is the point of fourteen? Then what? Do you, how many? Well, say, uh, how, how many? Do only two get? buys then then you get the top two teams get buys i don't know how because then you'd need to get to eight somehow let's so see so you'd have to do that you'd have to go 12 to the the top two teams would get buys then you go three versus 14 or you know whatever it's the uh to get to, because you've got to eventually be able to get to four and two and one so i would think you'd need to get to eight Oh man! I'm trying to figure i had out. not I'm, seen that yeah so they're saying look that uh, discuss the idea of a 14 team playoff why? Um, because was, was there that much complaint from somebody who thought they were going to be thirteen this so, coming year? So they haven't even they haven't even had twelve yet, no. and we've already uh, talked about maybe moving it to fourteen. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things I wanted to get to is I had not realized this until I read the proposal was that the top, you know, the five would be the five most highly ranked college conference champions now the top four of those are the ones that are going to get the buys so you could be you could have the number one team in the country be notre dame well or notre dame but i'm saying you could even be in a conference be the number one team in the country lose a one point game in the in your in your uh championship game and you can't have a first round buy yeah because the only teams that get buys are the top four ranked college champs. What if those top four college? What, 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 what if they're like two, what, what, four, what, seven, what, and eleven? What if it's Oklahoma State and you're nine and three? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, what if you're what if you're a team that's barely in the top twelve, but you're the conference champ? Yeah, I know. Then it, you get a buy. It, there, here's the thing about it. There's there's no ideal way to do it, and so you got to figure out oh, what's the best way here. Because here's my thought too. My thought is, we've seen this in basketball. How many, how many of these 11 seeds that play a play-in game go on a run because right. they've already gotten some of that? We just saw it in baseball. The Braves get a bye, and then they go, oh, well, we lost our mojo. We lost. Well, now, who has an advantage? Now, you're, you're not playing a home game. You're going to play neutral site. Do you That's have, right. Do you have would, an advantage? Would you rather have one? a buy in a neutral site or a home game? I'd rather have a home game and play. We talked about that a little yesterday. I would yesterday. much rather be. I would much rather because here's the thing. You've Depends already, on. I mean, if you've got some you've injuries and things like that, you might off, want to buy. Though, right. You're, you're going to have some time off between the end of your season and that game, and so I would rather play and go ahead. Hey, we're going to go ahead and get the, We're going to get some some of these butterflies out. We're going to get a back momentum. into a momentum. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're sitting for another week. And this is not taking a bye week. Nine weeks into a season, uh, and going, hey, true. well, we need to rest up. This is a bye week when you've already had weeks off, yeah. and so I, I th- you know, because I'm just, we just heard in baseball, they go like, oh man, look at the Braves, they dominate all year, and they had to take a bye week, and it, and it cost them. Okay, well, here you go, the same situation. You're you're going to have time off already, 
one team's going to get out there and play and kind of, okay, we'll, we'll get a little feel back. How many times we see it in bowl games? Well, the defenses were, were better than the offenses because the, the, the timing's off mm-hmm. because they hadn't played. I, I think it's a really interesting dynamic. It is. And now I thought about that. I was thinking about it as I was first arguing that, you know, it's it doesn't seem right that a team that might be not ranked very high gets to have a first-round bye. You know why they're doing that, though? To keep conference championships meaningful, because if you didn't, if you don't, if you didn't do matter. that, then you just get rid of the conference championships completely. This at least makes the conference championship games mean something. Because you win a conference championship game, you're going to get a buy. Yes, I know. Yeah, if you want the buy, correct. Guess. That's it. And so I th- and everybody's going to take it, even though you. I mean, just like Major League Baseball. People complain about it. Well, they also fought for it. Well, those teams need to buy. Right. Well, then don't complain. Then when you when you <laughs> lost your mode, it's you can't have it both ways. Um, no, I think there's there's so many things right now in college sports, college athletics. But I mean, obviously, college football steps to the forefront. When there's so many things that I don't know what a workable solution yeah, is. I don't. Either. This is one of them. The other one, I, I want to get Don's thoughts on too what what's a workable solution for the for the calendar right now in terms of recruiting what is a workable solution because i've heard people say it and i had a high school coach that brought up a great point to me when they're talking about well they need to move the signing period up to august we we, we talked about this uh yesterday a little bit go uh, ahead jason and and his point was well then high school players are going to opt out right they're not going to play, and he's absolutely right. The, the, yeah. the best players are going to go, I'm not playing my senior. I've already signed. Right. Because college coaches are going to go, you don't need to play. We don't want you to get hurt. Because that's why I stopped playing the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game in July. Mm-hmm. Because you had a couple of guys get hurt, and guys go, like, oh, we can't do that anymore. Right. Move it to December. Right. If you move a early signing period up to, to August and say, hey, you can sign, you're going to have – you're gonna have some. I, I, it, it'll be it interesting be all, to see how many. I mean, but, but all it takes is one that, dude. Oh, oh no, kidding! And somebody goes, "Hey, a, a top, a top five national player." You cost to me my job. Mm-hmm. You got a high school coach. I get a once in a generation type player. Yeah. We won a state yeah. championship, and he don't play. Yeah. And I get fired because we go two and eight. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It it has that much impact. I, personally, for me, I would like to see him go. Okay, you sign in December only if you're a January enrollee. If you're an early enrollee, you sign then. If not, you have a regular signing day in February. At least it takes hmm. some yeah. of that off. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always been crazy not knowing or who's, who sign signed in December is actually going to be in school Correct. in January. Yes. Either, either that way or sign whenever you want to. Now that, I know you've been a proponent of that, that for a long time. But I, that creates issues in itself, too, because sure then you go. Then you could have quite a few kids well, going. No, well, here's what happens then. Then you sneak a guy off, and he goes and signs, and it's over with. And somebody says, hey. We didn't even get a shot. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, th- yeah. I, I, I would personally like December. I think there needs to be a start date, yeah. uh, but I think, whenever I it is, there December needs to be only here. if you're an early enrollee. Here's You know who you are. You can sign. If not, then you're – there's no you're not you don't have to get anything else done and it and the coaches will <laughs> you know how it is though the coaches will go no we want to get our guys signed well mm-hmm. but you also got other things you're, you, you uh, once again can't have it both ways you either right. have to have this crazy December or those guys have to just take their time and and, uh, and you know there's but that's I was telling I was there's telling no Don do there's no way to do I was it. telling Don I I heard I heard from somebody involved with high school that that it, never going to happen he said. Well, 
if if they if they have the ability to opt if if they can opt out, then I think they shouldn't be eligible their first year in college. That's like well, that ain't never well, they, gonna happen. No, because yeah. but I mean I understand the frustration well, and the feeling. Too, but it's there, the same right. thing with the NFL. We're going. Yeah. Well, this guy opted out of a bowl game. Well, he still can get drafted in the first round. Right. It didn't hurt them any. Sure. Right. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, Jason, I I like your idea of December. Uh, if you're gonna enroll in January, that's the only way you could sign in December. Then go back to the old. February or, or February yeah. signing date, it's so out of hand right now. I, you know, I talked to a couple of my buddies that are still coaching, and they don't know the answer. You know, they're and that's just, the thing. I don't. Well, there's so many things going on in December. Though. Exactly. I mean, I don't think there with, is an answer with the right. with the added teams uh, that are going to be making the postseason and the and players hitting the transfer portal. You're mm-hmm. still going to have so many so many things going on. I, I I don't know. I I know. Yeah, I know. We've got to catch up. Uh, we'll be back to uh, wrap things up and uh, get uh, you know get JC's schedule and how you can keep up with everything that he and the uh, the folks there at twenty four seven do. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. At Reynolds Outdoors, the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN one zero six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Final minute or two here of the of hour number one of the drive. Uh, been a fast-paced hour. I mean, with uh, Andy Burcham joining us, uh, got Jason Caldwell, uh, who is about to head down to Jacksonville. JC, before we run out of time, let everybody know about all the things. I mean, so many different sports, like Andy was saying, going on, and you guys have got it covered there at Auburn Undercover. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, we were on the myself and Christian Clemente were on the road yesterday. Uh, when watched, uh, let's see, Caleb Holt from Buckhorn, uh, mm-hmm. number three player in the 2026 class, big-time five-star prospect. Had something on him yesterday. Had big Dwayne Brown today from Hoover. Uh, we also talked to uh, Thompson has a 2026 wide receiver slash tight end slash small forward that Auburn's already offered in basketball. Wow. Um, but also Jared Smith is the number one edge rusher in the country, transferred to Thompson. He's playing basketball. Saw all those guys. Nathan and Christian were in Under Armour last weekend, so tons of recruiting stuff left from that. Basketball coming up, obviously, week. Football previews heading into spring practice. Right. I'll have baseball. Philip will have softball. Um, all that. So you can find it all. I think we did eight or nine things every day for the past few, yeah, few days. Yeah, it's so been just Check loaded. it out. AuburnUndercover.com, uh, Party 24-7. On Twitter at ITATJason. Jason, really appreciate it. Have a great trip down to Jacksonville. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be back with our number two. Love for you to join in. We're wide open here on the Wednesday Drive. Capital of Alabama. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to the second hour of The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. Another nice-looking day. It has been just gorgeous for the past few days. So enjoy it, folks. Enjoy it while you can. You know there's going to have to be another 
uh, cold snap before too terribly long. Um, fun first hour as we had Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, uh, part of the uh, 24-7 network, in the studio with us for the entire hour. Spent a, a long segment with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, from uh, around 4.15 or so. Hope you had a chance to hear that. If you missed any of it, check out the podcasts of The Drive, which are brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, wherever you find your podcast. By the way, they're also the sponsor of The Drive text box, uh, and you can text us at 334-564-1840. Of course, you can call us on The Drive hotline, which is sponsored by Skybar, and that number is 334-321-1390. The second hour of the show is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. So uh, wide open here in hour number two as uh, it's uh, Bill and Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And, uh, yeah, quite – I mean, this is a uh, – like I said, it's a fun time. We're about to get started with spring football, just a few days away from that. Looking forward to uh, – I mean, there, there are a lot of things to be watching in this spring football practice because they're new faces, not just on the field for the players, but coaches. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, th- this is a that's a very important time. I'm sure um, that – that as you lead up to spring practice, if you have any new faces, like now you you were on a few staffs that weren't always returning everybody. I mean, folks think of you and Coach Tubbs' staff, right. which the the majority of were together for a decade. Well, n- normally, Bill, we had new coordinators. Uh, now that's true. So uh, yeah, there was quite a few. You know. Uh, uh, I can think of we started out with John Lovett as the D coordinator, and then he left, and uh, we had who helped was me Noel out. the first? No, Mazzoni was an offensive right. guy, so he left. Uh, so it was m- normally the coordinators we had to get used to. So you know, with new schemes and new golly, te- I'm technology. trying to remember. I can't remember who took the, over the for John. order. We had Gibbs, Gibbs, yeah, yeah. Chizik, Paul Rhodes was the last one, D coordinator. So we had we had, had movement a on yeah. the coordinator side. Yeah. So you know, and then we had Al Borges, and so we were fortunate to stay as assistants. And Bobby, and, yeah. and Bobby Petrino, yeah. So we were lucky to get to stay, but some of the coordinators. You know, weren't so lucky. But I mean, all right. So, so even even when you just have a little change, I mean, the preparation leading up to spring, I would think, is is very very important. Very hectic. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, very stressful. You got to go in and you learn just like the players. So you spend all day and uh, half the night going over uh, terminology, insertion into the playbook, what we're going to call things, how we're going to do things. And watching cut-ups, normally the coordinator would bring cut-ups from the defense he either coached at or had. So we would learn that. Then we'd make our cut-ups for teaching. And so then you had to learn it. Then you had to go teach it to your players. But the nice thing now, I think you can spend more time with the players than we could during the week. 
even even during the off season. See, we had restrictions. Mm-hmm. We couldn't really meet with them. Were you limited as much as they are now to practice time? Well, no. Back in the old days, we had twenty days of spring practice. If you remember, now right, it's 15. now it's fifteen. And even in the old <clears throat> old days, when I was like a graduate assistant at Tennessee, I think we only had to have like one day in shorts, and the rest of it, you know, the old hard nosed guys like Coach Die and Coach Majors. We hit every day, full speed. Hmm. I don't know how they did it, but and on that old turf at Neyland Stadium. Yeah, now now you've got to have the first two days are in shorts, then you have to go in shells before you can go in full and gear. And I think there's limitations on full contact days. There are. I mean, you can only yeah. have two, I guess, no, maybe it's three scrimmages. Yeah, so all that's changed. But uh, it, it's better for the safety of the of the of the uh, student athlete. But yeah, the twenty days we had, uh, and I think there was only one day, like I said, where we where we couldn't be in full pads. I think that was the first day, and we always took off the Friday before the spring game in no pads. But yeah, we we hit every day full speed. It was crazy. Yeah, Auburn Auburn will start. And practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week, so they won't be going in full pads till they get back right. after spring break. Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, Jason was talking about this in hour number one. Should be an easier transition offensively, even though there, there are a couple of, of new faces um, with, with uh, Philip Montgomery gone and Cadillac uh, now the running backs coach of the Raiders, but you've got guys who are very familiar with Coach Freeze and his offense, with Kent Austin, who's been an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. with Hugh Freeze, uh, been with him from Ole Miss to Liberty, and then was uh, you know an off-field uh, coach this past year. He will be the quarterback's coach. And Derek Nix coming in as offensive coordinator, and he was with, he was with Coach Freeze – all of his years at Ole Miss. Right, yeah. It'll be a, a smooth transition, I would think, on offense. And it'll, it'll be fine on defense. It'll be a little bit harder yeah, uh, on them. More, more new yeah. faces, I mean, because the yeah. other offensive coaches, uh, Marcus Davis, Jake Thornton, Ben Agamawa, uh, were, were there last year, and Ben right. had been with him at Liberty. So right. so there, there shouldn't be as much acclimation. Defensively, we talked about it with D.J. Durkin uh, as the defensive coordinator, Charles Kelly coming in as the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach, and Vontrell King-Williams as the defensive tackles coach. You've got three new faces there on the defensive side, including the coordinator. But like I've said before, other than Vontrell, um, you know, Josh Aldridge uh, and Charles and uh, crime dog Wesley McGriff, Mm -hmm. who is back as the corners coach, those guys have all been coordinators, yeah. so you would think with the experience they have, um, you know, it, it, they should they should understand everything, yeah. pretty well for sure. They'll know what they're doing. They'll 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 know to, uh, how to insert everything and get the uh, the playbook together, get the uh, you know the the practice plans, and I think they'll take it slow. I think they're going to be great teachers, and like we talked earlier in the first hour. The players have to know what they want in order to go full speed, and that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you, you want them understanding it well enough where you're reacting, not not thinking. thinking. Yes, exactly, 100%. Always believed in simpler is better, for sure. 
But they'll do a good job. I'm anxious to see what happens. Yeah, looking forward to that. And it looks like I, I checked. I checked the weather for next week. The, the temperatures are in the mid to upper 70s. Wow. Next week. You know what that means? Uh, everybody who's planning spring bake the week after, it's going to be cold. Yeah. That's that's what it's going to get cold yeah. Yeah. is for a spring right. break, which is the first week of March. I can't believe spring break's already here. And time time flies. I, 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 I do. You know, I never – I didn't mean to interrupt, but I never did like that break when I was coaching. Yeah, I wondered about that. I, I never liked it. Uh, it's It seemed like, you know, you worry – most of the kids – are going to go on spring break. They're going to have a good time. I don't which, blame them. Heck no. I'd be right there with them. But I always worried about them traveling back and forth. Right. We always I had mean, a Sunday night meeting. And then we would sometimes have a conditioning the next sure, morning. Sure, you want to find out. The you next know, morning. And that who, was who always. took care of themselves that over that week. That was always a debacle. And uh, I never liked that break in between. We didn't do it a lot, but we did it some at, at the places I've been. And. I just thought you lost some, you know, some. I, I just didn't like it. It's you have to kind of start over, but if you do have any injuries or tweaks that first week, you got a week to get better. So that's true. Now, one yeah. of the one of the things that I've heard some coaches say, and when we'll check with uh, Coach Freeze on this next Tuesday when we get a chance to meet with him, uh, there there's some coaches that like uh, when when you have uh, a lot of learning that's going on. All right, you install a little bit. And you've got a week, and then you get a chance to see who did it sink in on, who retained it, mm-hmm. because spring is going to be. There's a lot of teaching right. and learning and installing. Right. You know, you're you're not fine tuning like you're going to be. Yeah. You know, playing a conference opponent or anything. Right. In, in March. You know, normally we would install maybe uh, two days, and then the third day we would not put anything new in. Review, then you know, see how we retained it. Then we would install, install, review. You just can't install every. Oh, you can't single just keep day. doing more and more and more no, and more. No, You've got got to no. got to make sure that who. All right, let's 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 take a breath. All right, what have we done? Do you still remember it? Can you do it without having to, like we were saying just a few minutes ago, think think too much because yeah, you 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 you, you slow down. Mm-hmm. Your 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 body's slowing down when you have to think, think. and in the meantime, somebody who knows is yeah. is taking advantage. And, uh, I think you know they uh, you know keep it simple, and it's still blocking and tackling and running to the football on defense. So it'll be interesting. It should be exciting for everybody, fans, players. I know the players. You know, sometimes when you get new coaches. It it kindles the spirit. I mean, hey, I got to show this guy. Hey, well, we've got and there are there are a few things we talked about. Just some of the spots you've got a lot of newcomers mm-hmm. that are going to be pushing, trying to push for playing time, and there and and the the returning players may have different coaches that are there and have to prove. You know, we talked about quarterback Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne struggled in the bowl game, right? And Hugh Freeze said after the bowl game, "Hey, it's going to be wide open." So there's a mm-hmm. challenge. To Peyton and an opportunity for the other quarterbacks, exactly. including the true freshman Walker White. There's nothing better than competition to make your team better. Oh, absolutely. 334 321 1390. That is the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. Let's get to it. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I was going to get y'all's opinion. This is not Auburn related, but it's uh, <laughs> my age related uh, about Eli Gold. Uh huh. Uh, man. Uh, being. Uh, and Eli came out with a statement saying that he 
the university did not want him back, and he was not retiring. So yes, with a capital N O T, as a matter of fact. Uh, so well, but, uh, you, you know, it's 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 uh, it's a it's sad to see, but I mean, uh, one of the one of the facts, uh, just uh, realities, is when uh, when a new regime takes over, when a new coach comes in, uh, many times there are some changes made, and they and and they are far reaching. I know yeah, so Eli. That's what I was gonna, yeah, I mean that's what I was going to ask you about. So is he the, the new coach? Just wants to uh, do away with all the all the past because Eli's been calling games apparently since 1987, which it would have encompassed uh, all, all of the Savings Championships and uh, also uh, Gene Stallings, right? Gene, Gene Stallings. So yeah. that's, that's a long time. Oh yeah, I, I know he's been doing it for 35 years. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, that's tough. And and Eli obviously had the health problems. Where he missed a lot of ball games uh, for the twenty-two season, came back this year, and uh, I mean, look, I've known Eli for a, for a long time, and I I really really like the man and respect him tremendously. I, I honestly I thought he struggled a little bit some this year, but I mean, um, it's it's hard to uh, if if he is fully healthy, it's 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 hard to imagine that you know they they're going to do uh, that you know, going to be able to just put him out to pasture yeah. and he won't be able to find something else. I'll say this, though. Chris Stewart is an outstanding – he's an excellent broadcaster. He's also just a great guy, uh, as as is Eli. So, I mean, uh, if uh, Chris, as I understand it, will be moving into the full-time role there with football and basketball, and uh, he, he'll do an outstanding job. But it's a shame when you, when you see somebody who has been, you know, just – He's been the voice of Alabama football for uh, for better than three decades, and and it, it, it's a shame when you know when when you hear that that's not going to be the case anymore. Yeah. Well, he, you know, uh, <clears throat> speaking as a fan, uh, the the face of the football program outside of the coach and Big Al, you know, is the uh, absolutely it is the play by play guy. So uh, yeah, I, I remember. Uh, when I guess it was Ray Perkins when he came in and replaced uh, Bear Bryant. And the first thing he did was take down the uh, the towers. To, and he also you know, replaced John Forney. Yeah, to cast a new die. So, mm-hmm. uh, but as long as we're keeping Chris, I guess that's all right because he is a pretty good. He's an excellent broadcaster. I just don't know how that's going to sit with the uh, the Alabama fans. I know as an Auburn fan, I'd kind of be uh, crestfallen if they pushed uh, Jim Pfeiffer a long time yeah. announcer out the door. Like oh that. yeah, absolutely. So. But that's all I had. I appreciate it. Yep. And uh, I'm, uh, golly, Paul, um, I can remember my, see his face, the, the play-by-play, and some, somebody will help me just a second, because Paul's a really good guy, too, was the uh, replacement for John Forney. And here's the thing, and, and anybody who's been in, in the business, in the radio business, or ever done any play-by-play will also tell you, it helps when your team is better. Yeah. When your team yes. is better, the fans think you're a better announcer. Oh yeah. And uh, Alabama dropped off a little bit uh, there. I mean, uh, Ray Perkins' teams were that uh, they were they were pretty good, but they weren't as good as Alabama fans had expected. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, doing doing some of the earlier call-in shows that were done in the state back in those days. Um, uh, Alabama fans would call in and just they never stopped complaining 
that their announcer wasn't as good <laughs> yeah. as their former announcer had been, and it was because they weren't winning as many ball games. That's true. It's, it's like the, the fans were going, well, if we had a better announcer, <laughs> we'd be winning those games yeah. instead of losing. But, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that, that was big news yep. today. Yes. 334-321-1390. That is the Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. And uh, we'll, we'll get to our Paul Kennedy. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Murphy, listening. <laughs> uh, I could not think of his name. I could see him just mm-hmm. as plain as day. And, and I thought a really good, really good announcer mm-hmm. uh, and, and moved on and, and called quite a few other big ball games uh, for, for other programs and in other sports as well. But it just it didn't sit well when you replaced a legend and then there was a bit of a drop. Right. And man, that is something I hate. I hate it. The thought of this for for Chris, because mm-hmm. like I said, Chris Stewart is a is a great guy and I, and an excellent announcer. But if Alabama football dips a little bit, there'll be some fans going. Eli <laughs> did a much better job. That's right. All right, we'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the Wednesday Drive. Conservative Justice, ESPN 1067, and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Yes, uh, man, I appreciate our, our old friend Mark, uh, Reminding me, Paul Kennedy's last name. Paul is, uh, I believe, he's play-by-play announcer for the for the Orlando Magic. Still does some uh, NFL games for Fox and college games for uh, Fox Sports Net. So, yeah, he's a really good announcer. But it's just one of those things that yeah. when when things aren't going as well for the team, that uh, you know, Fa- a, a, a lot a lot of folks will will catch blame. Oh yeah. When yep. things aren't going well, it's got to blame somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, we'd love to hear from you anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Love to get back to one of the things we were talking about with with Jason a little earlier. I had not seen that there was some discussion already, before we even get to the 12-team playoff, about a possible 14-team playoff. Yeah. And, and that's crazy. I mean, we're just about to enter, you know, we're, we're entering the first year – when we'll have a 12-team playoff. We're going to go from 4 to 12, and um, that really, I mean, that, I think that would have been a huge shock. And according to um, Jason said that the uh, the tweet was saying a 14-team playoff could be in effect as early as next year, 2026. Yeah, that's, that's wild. I, I don't know what happened. I guess after that news came out yesterday, some people panicked or – thought, well, we're not going to be able to get there or so-and-so, and I don't understand. I like your idea. Just do 16 if you're going to do Well, if 14. you're going to do – I mean, um, you're going to have some teams that would have to play an extra game. Well, it would, if you go 14, the only way I could see it, see it working would have two teams have buys. So you yeah. go from four teams getting first-round buys to two teams getting first-round buys. You'd play the other 12 to give you six left – Six winners mm-hmm. to go against the two teams that got buys. That at least gets you eight, because then it gets from eight to four to two to one. But uh, but that's crazy. No, the things that I was I was a little surprised. I heard uh, 
heard Jacob and, and T-Bone on, uh, on the line talking about the, the, the 5-7 plan, which will be in effect this year. And I was, I was a little surprised when I saw that that is automatically going to put the four highest-rated conference champions getting buys. Mm-hmm. Because I would think the fairest thing to do, the best thing to do, would be to put your four highest-ranked team getting buys. Yeah, uh, I don't understand that. Well, I think it's to try to incentivize winning your conference championship. Because how many times have we seen two SEC teams or two Big Ten teams ranked in the top four? Mm -hmm. If you did that, then there'd be no incentive to winning your conference championship if you were just saying, we're taking the top four teams. But what you could do, like I said, uh, that also prevents Notre Dame (laughs) from ever being able to to have a first-round bye. Right. Because they can't be a conference champion. Right. So, hmm. I mean, maybe maybe that was the intent. It's like, we're going to stick it to Notre Dame until they decide to join a Joint conference. conference yeah. But the other thing is, uh, I, I really feel like it would be bad to be penalized if you are the best team in the country all year long, you're ranked number one, and you lose a close championship game, you're, you're out of the – possibility of having a first round bye that doesn't seem right georgia yeah yeah this year that's well but yeah yeah uh well that's that yeah it did it happened to bump them out of the top four right so i guess that's what they're saying you lose no matter no matter if you're the number one team in the country if you lose that championship game you're out of the top four Mm. that's what they're saying but yeah I, i was just thinking wait till it happens and it probably won't be long right till you have a team that is barely in the top 10 that wins a conference championship and gets a first round bye yeah. over a team that everybody has perceived and all known year all year long, long is better. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We'd love your thoughts. 334-321-1390. And I believe Bill is up next. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. I was, I was uh, interested in asking Coach Dunn, who has uh, lived this and done it before, uh, the professionalization of college football has been under – way for a long time, which will destroy it eventually. But you're talking about 12 teams, 16 teams. I mean, you're talking about an endless amount of games these, guys, these kids are going to play. So, Coach Dunn, have, you haven't been there. How many, of these, how many games can these kids play? Were they just, it's just too much. Well, you know, Bill, I, I really don't know the answer to that. I, I, you know, we – the most we ever played, I think, was 13 the year we went undefeated in 04. And that was a long season, but we were very fortunate. We didn't have a lot of injuries. Uh, I know there's everything's better now with equipment's better, nutrition's better, the medical treatment, uh, uh, all that's better. But I, I, I worry, too, after, after 13, 14 games, that is a long season – very hard on the, these young men's bodies, but I don't know the answer to your question. How much is too much? Well, I mean, you look at it. Look at it now, Bill, and the possibility. I mean, with this twelve-team playoff, uh, you know, if if you're if you're not a team that has a first round uh, first round bye, then you're playing around. You're playing a first round game, and then there are eight teams left. So you play again to get to four. 
you you have to win again to get to two, and then you play in the championship game. So you've got 17 games that you could play as a max. In other mm. words, you play 12 in the regular season, you play a conference championship game and lose. You'd have to play 17 games, which is an NFL season. Well, you know, like I said, it's a professionalization yes. of college football, right. which I, I, I personally think is, is is purposely being destroyed for whatever reasons uh, I don't know. But these kids still have to go to school, don't they? Right. I mean, yeah. how, how, who's coming up with this, this, this baloney <laughs> to have these kids play this many games? It's ridiculous. Well, unfortunately, it's probably all about money, a lot of it or most of it. But the one good thing, a lot of these games will be played during the uh, yeah. holidays. Yeah, I was going to say, goodness. they wouldn't be missing as much class as yeah. as a lot of other sports do. Okay, guys. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, the insight and enjoy the show. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate the call. Let me. Let me. I was going to try to find the uh, one of the stories that I was reading uh, on it yesterday because it, it it threw in the dates. I'm sure you can find all those at other places, but the um, all right the quarterfinal. All right, the the quarterfinals are going to be played there in the in the uh, Super Six games. All right. Uh, in the 2024 playoffs, the first-round games, which would be played on home sites, would start the third week of December. One would be played Friday night, December 20th. Three games on Saturday the 21st, which would, by the way, um, be going against the NFL playoffs. But, I mean, that's you're not missing classes for that. So, I mean, that's one thing um, – that it, it's it's not so much the class time missed, it's just the amount of games that they're playing. The uh, quarterfinals uh, are slated for um, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Then the semifinals would be played midweek. Uh, well, not weekend. Uh, Thursday, January 9th, and Friday, January 10th. Those are the semis. So you'd have um, 10, 10 or 11 days in between the first round and the quarterfinals. You'd have um, eight or nine days between the quarterfinal and the semifinal. And then the championship game was going to be played Monday night, January 20th. So there'd be 10 days <laughs> Between, so they try to yeah. keep a little more than a week in, in between, between the first round, the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the right. finals. But that's still four more games. So if you play in a conference championship game, you're playing, you know, the first of December, the twentieth of December, uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, January yep. 9th or January tenth, yep. and January then January twentieth. Yeah, and remember recruiting. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to be signing your yeah, signing yeah. your players, retaining your yeah. players, watching the transfer portal yeah. while you're doing that. It's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exciting but crazy. You're absolutely right. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Right back with more of your phone calls. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety as we continue with the Wednesday drive. 
ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon, 24 minutes away from 6 o'clock. And let's get back to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar and Spectre is next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, I want to give my two cents worth of it on this playoff system they're coming up with. You know, it's always been about the money with the NCAA, and they've got a multi million dollar business going on, and they're going to do what they can or will to, to make that money. Uh, with that, I have no problem with 17 games, 18 games, if it will, because these kids now, they're young, healthy, strong, stronger than probably what what they'll ever be, even going into the NFL. But, uh, you know, these, if you take it out, if you take the kids out out of the equation or as far as them getting an education, I don't see that's going to be a factor much longer. I think these kids are going to end up be going to school just to play football. Education is going to be a secondary factor. It's yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at the way things are going. I mean, I, I would definitely say, you know, along the lines of what you're talking about with NIL now and the, the ability to, um, to, to, to make some substantial amounts of money for these players – um, th- yeah, as, as, uh, as John was talking about, I mean, it's, uh, becoming more and more like the professionalization of college football. These, these guys are, are getting closer and closer to either being employees or, you know, having contracts with the school to be playing. So, so yeah, I, I can, I can see your point of view. Yeah. That wool's coming off your eyes slowly, but surely. I mean, it, it's the day's coming. It's going to be strictly a a money-making business. You're going, you're going to college to play football and getting paid for it. And you know, with that, even with that being said, I think the scholarship should go out the window for these players. If they're getting that amount, of, if they get that much money from NIL and so on and so forth, they can pay for their own education. Well, and, if it does get to the point where they're employees, I'm sure you will see that as part uh, be, being shown as part of their compensation. As far as the, the top teams getting a buy, the four or five, you said four or five getting a buy. Well, yeah, and, and what it, what it's what it's going to be this year is the four most highly ranked conference champions are the schools getting the buys. Yeah, I have no problem with that either. They earned it. Well, yeah, I guess, but I mean, what if you're what if you're a team in a super conference like like this past year with the uh, you know either the SEC or the Big Ten and and you're a team that has been um, very highly ranked all year, and you you lose by a point or so in your conference championship game. And there's another conference champion out there that's that's maybe ranked number eight or nine. Should they get a buy over you? Well, you know that's that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean that's, that's that, like I to said. Eliminate to eliminate that, you would have to eliminate the. The uh, conference championship game. Yeah, and 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 that is, I think, that is absolutely the reason that they have done this, is to really incentivize winning the conference championship. It's going to make it right. like you win that, you're going to get a buy. Yeah, 
just like Don said it earlier with Georgia, it happened with Georgia. All yeah, Georgia had absolutely. to do was win that game. Mm-hmm. They were number one. All they had to do was win the game, and they it, it was easy peasy for them. Mm-hmm. But but no, it didn't happen that way. No, that's right. Yeah, he ended up number eight, right, or something like that. Six or eight. Seven or something. Five or six. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just outside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, anyway, I have no sympathy for these kids making money and playing ball. You know, that's what they're getting paid for. If it's seventeen games, let it be. All right, Spectre. Good hearing from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Um yeah, I, I just I just uh I don't know. You're you were much closer to it. I mean yeah. I've just I've just been watching it for a long time. Right. It, it, it's hard on them. It really is. Uh but you know I The good thing is it wouldn't be around classes. But exactly. those ones in January probably would. Right. I mean Early. you know yeah. you're you're gonna miss you're gonna miss uh, a few days, or you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be starting the spring term. If you're fortunate enough, of course, uh, you can get over it. I guess if you're right. playing for a national oh, championship, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and Anthony is up next. Hey, Anthony. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Great. You know, I, I can tell you from personal experience when I played at Jacksonville State, and we always went to the playoffs while I was there. You were talking about playing fifteen games. Uh, you yeah, know, you guys played strength. fifteen. If you were if you were good enough, you yeah. played fifteen, right? And uh, Burgess boys usually always was there, and uh, <laughs> you know it was very tough to play a schedule like that and to be doing all that weight training. I mean, you know, you practice football, and then after practice, uh, either you uh, work out in the weight room after practice, or you do it in the morning at five a.m. You know, whichever group you was in, this is during the football season. Mm-hmm. So you think right. with classes and, right. and study hall and all that. And all that travel and all that film study, and it was always at those times you didn't have all the rules you got now. So I mean, you was always busy somewhere, football related or whatever. But that's a very grueling. But nowadays players can be paid, and uh, but you know you got some players not getting any nil money. So I'm assuming that uh, some kind of deal is going to have to be worked out for as uh, TV revenue for those guys that aren't getting any nil money for all players to receive some kind of percentage of a. Uh, Playoff uh, TV revenue and everything. Uh, I think that's probably going to be on the table at some point. Uh, hopefully, somebody will be uh, mentioning that. But I don't see anything wrong with the players receiving revenue because you know football. This is not the football your grandfather grew up watching fifty or sixty years ago. <laughs> football now is a billion dollar business. Throw the million dollar word out of the window because it's a billion dollar business. Uh, just last week, uh, all fourteen teams. In the Southeastern Conference, received over fifty million in the that conference. That is right. Sharing. About fifty-three. Wow. Yeah. So you're looking at about seven or eight hundred million, and then you figure the Southeastern Conference got some kind of percentage out of that deal, which would probably top it to a billion. I would assume they got something. I don't know what it is, but but uh, you know, as Oklahoma and Texas have come in, that deal is going to get sweeter mm-hmm. as the years go by. And there's always plenty of money going to be made when you look at sports apparel and all the endorsements. Uh, Companies that that uh, support Auburn in any sport, really, it's, it's billions of dollars just out there, and there's no sense in anybody trying to hold an athlete nowadays. Look at it this way now: if an athlete can help you make a billion, what's wrong with him having a million? A million is nothing <laughs> compared to a billion dollars. But somebody need to wake up and see that. If if they can, uh, you look at every athletic budget. I think Auburn had a gross revenue and all with everything, with donations and everything thrown in it. Probably pulled in about two hundred some million, and probably had about twenty something to operate with or whatever. You know, after expenses and everything, I wouldn't be sitting around here trying to hinder any athlete from having any NIL money. And you got that kind of money coming in because without the athlete, 
there is no money like that. I mean, of course, now, you know, if people get to the point where they really don't want you to have anything, only suggestion I got is Bill and, and uh, Coach, I know y'all remember back in the 70s when you only had two games on, mm-hmm. the Fighting Irish right. on NBC, mm-hmm. and right. the ABC had their games. You just go right. back to doing that, and you and you won't have no more argument about no money. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. I mean, not with the uh, not with the word that that all of the uh, sports broadcasts are working on getting one streaming platform. You know who's going to be paying for that, Anthony? It's going to be you and me. I mean, the fans yeah. are going to be going to be paying for that, but we we'll do it. Do it. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some people go, "Well, I just don't know that I'm going to be paying thirty dollars a month." Well, if it's the only way you're watching games, uh, and you really care anything about those games, you're going to do it. Yep. They'll, they'll pay it, and they'll watch it from the morning all the way to midnight, just like we're doing now. <laughs> That's yep. right, Anthony. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it. And Good I, stuff. I'll talk to you all later. Great hearing from you, Anthony. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's got some very good points. Here right. are a couple of things I wanted to address. One of the things Spectre was talking about as well. Now, the NCAA, they make their money off March Madness. Right. They really make their big money. The, the NCAA just sort of uh, handles the bowls and – uh, and the postseason in football, but they're not really getting the money. The money, that money, is coming from the television contracts, and that's going to the that's going to the teams and to the leagues, mm-hmm. and that's where that fifty three million dollars that Anthony was right. talking about that each team was getting right. will get from the SEC down in Destin coming up, uh, you know, in in spring. So right. um, it doesn't yeah it doesn't look like that's going away. The other thing, I again. I, I really feel that we're moving very rapidly toward players becoming employees and when they are employees then you're not going to you're not going to have situations where well this guy's not getting anything and this other guy is and and he may he may have worked his way up and be playing more than somebody who's getting an awful lot I think you'll have sort of you'll have pay scales right then now there will be there will obviously be some adjustments that can be made mm-hmm. in there but I think that would be the most equitable way of making sure that everybody is getting at least something. Piece of the pie, yeah, yep. for sure. That was a great call, Anthony. We really appreciate that. We'll get to our final break of the day as the sun goes down and we wind things down here on the Wednesday Drive. Attention large 